was a test, and yes, some of you failed. <laughs> Great to see you all here today. Welcome those in the house, everybody on watching online. So glad you're part of our service today. Do want to encourage everybody here to pick up the new Life Church, Life Church Groups catalog. Uh, available on your way out today. This is hot off the press. No one has seen it yet. This is great stuff. Life groups happening this summer. You want to be a part of those. It's uh, just a tremendous thing. There's so many good groups in here. Some of them are, are scratch and sniff. <laughs> like, like this is a cooking group. <laughs> wow. And uh, <laughs> anyway, go, make sure you grab one of those on your way out. And uh, that'll be a blessing. Before we get into the Word, can you do one more thing? Could you do something for me? If you haven't already done this, some of you have, take out your phone and, uh, and go to wherever, you're, wherever you can get to, Facebook or YouTube, all right? Find the service, right? Get it out there. Like it. Love it. Say wow to it. Uh, Share it. Easy evangelism here. All around the world it goes as soon as you click the share button. Right? Or in YouTube, you copy the link and do that kind of stuff. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't done that already. All right, what else? Uh, comment. All this stuff helps the word to get out around the world. And you guys are doing a great job. Comment on it. Obviously, say something good. Like, amazing. Or <laughs> life-changing. Uh, Anything else? Okay. Come up with your own. Uh, do that. That'll, that'll help tremendously. We'll continue to get the, the word out to the world. Praise God. If you have your Bible with you today uh, or your Bible apps, go ahead and open those up and find with me. Does anybody know? Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the sixth chapter. We've been teaching a series a new teaching series that I call Focus. Focus. If you missed any of the previous uh, lessons or teachings, then uh, go to the website and get them. Go on YouTube, Facebook. They're all over the place, video or audio, and get caught up. This will change your life if you put it into practice. It really will. Uh, not always is a life changed just from hearing it, but when you hear it and do it, woo, that's when it works. That's when it goes into into practice for you. Okay, uh, Matthew 6 has our, been our text for the series. Verse 22, Jesus speaking here, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? So I want you to just to make note again, whether you are full of light or full of darkness, light being all that God is, darkness being all that Satan is, okay, that is entirely up to you, all right? This is not God's choosing, I'm going to fill you with light and fill you with darkness. Your life's going to be amazing and yours is really going to stink, right? This is not God doing that to people. He's saying this is how it works. If you can get the single eye then you can be filled with light. So I, it's totally up to me what's in my life and what's not. All right? 
Now, before someone starts to argue with that in your mind, well, I didn't choose this and I didn't choose that, stop. Lay those aside. Let the Word of God speak to you directly and let the Spirit of the Lord show you how you can change things. Okay, let's go on. Verse 24, he said, no man can serve two masters, two contrasting with single eye, for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So our goal is to exercise our focus muscle and to put the Lord in the center of our lives. And we want to, I want to teach you how, and I want to teach you to focus on the Lord and, 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 and specifics as we get into them. But if you will learn to do that and put it into practice in your life, God and all of his goodness, his fullness will uh, come into you. All right? It's a nice thing. This is good stuff. I'll just tell you up front, this is going to be really good today. Say, so why, why say it up front? I'm releasing my faith, and I'm giving you an opportunity to believe with me. Yeah. Do you remember the a story, you can read about it in Mark 4 and 5, when Jesus basically had a mission to go to the region called the Gadarenes. Before that happened, though, he sent his disciples in the boat ahead of him, and he went up to the mountain to pray, okay? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do that, naturally speaking. We need to be over here on the other side of the sea. You guys take the boat and go. I'm going to go pray. What's the natural question? How are you going to get over there? Generally, you don't want to miss your boat, Right? If you're supposed to be on the other side and your transportation has gone ahead of you, how are you going to get there? Someone might say, well, Jesus, well, he could walk on water. Well, he couldn't walk on water all the time. That was at a rare occasion. Okay, that wasn't just he, gravity had no effect on him. He used gravity quite regularly. He normally took boats just like all of us. Right, And I don't know if he knew that that was going to happen, that he would be able to walk on the water and get over there. That would be speculation. I do know this. He knew he needed to spend time with the Father right then. It was time for him to focus on the Lord. Right? And by doing so, he opened up the, the myriad of possibilities in his future. You see, when a person does not take time to focus on the Lord, they become very limited in what can happen after that. But if we take the time, and it takes effort, by the way, to do this, and you'll have to deal with the arguments of your own mind when you have things to do and boats to catch, places to go, sometimes it doesn't seem logical to spend time with the Lord to get aside and get away. And your mind might tell you, why don't you just pray while you're in the boat? Tell the guys to row. Say, I'm going to be in the back. I'm going to be somewhere praying. Leave me alone. Why didn't he do that? Sometimes that's not good enough. Sometimes we have to set aside time. We have to get away from people and trust the Lord for the future. So if I do that now, I'm going to miss the boat. How am I going to get over there? I don't know. Maybe your transportation will be upgraded if you'll spend time with him. Yeah. And we have to have everything figured out. Figure this out. When he leads you, when he has a tug in your heart to get alone, to get away, to spend time with him, you follow that and your future will be taken care of. 
right? Otherwise, you could catch your boat and figure it out and say, I'm just going to do it this way because I don't really have a choice. I have to be on the boat. Then you get over to the, the area of the Gadarenes where the dude is filled with a, a legion of demons and you're not ready. But when you follow him and spend time with him, get focused, when you enter into the place where the enemy is running rampant in someone's life, you're ready to go. It's vital that we focus today so we can be prepared for what's coming. Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow in your life? Do you know what's going to happen next week? You might say, well, I got my schedule. I know, but you don't know everything. But what you do know is, is that spending time and focusing on him today will ensure your victory tomorrow. We will never miss out on anything of true value by, by focusing on him today. I got things to do. I got a list. I got places to go and people to see and things to accomplish. No, you don't. Focus on him and everything will take care of itself. Amen. Now, I'm going to go to John 3 and I want you to go to Numbers chapter 21. Okay, Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Fourth book in the Bible. And these two passages go together, so I'm going to read the short one before we read that one together. Jesus speaking in John 3, 14. He said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Kind of a strange thing to say. As the serpent was lifted up, the Son of Man must be lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And again, does that seem odd? Jesus would compare himself uh, being lifted up. Now, lifted up there is not being praised. Let's lift up the Lord. No, that means go to the cross. Okay, Jesus suffering, dying on the cross for our sins. And, and that's him, and he's comparing himself to a snake. A little bit odd compared to a, a, the serpent on the pole. Why would that be? Why would he compare himself with a, a serpent? That's not exactly a nice creature. All right, anybody here like snakes? You're dismissed. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> I did see a legitimate hand, so <laughs> most people are not real fond of snakes especially snake bites. Uh, but it's not the typical thing you would think of when thinking of the Son of God. We think the spotless lamb, right? That's a, a better picture, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Okay, he was that until he got on the cross. Then you know what he was then? A curse. He was made sin for us. He became uh, an object of despise. He became what we are. So he was the spotless lamb, and then because of our sin, he was on the cross, and he was the snake at that point, bearing the sin of the world. So that's why the comparison is there. It, you know, Galatians 3 tells us uh, that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, because cursed is anyone or everyone who hangs on a tree, right? So he became a curse in that moment. And so you can see the comparison here to the serpent on the pole kind of makes sense when you understand it. All right, everybody find Numbers? All right. Numbers chapter 21, and, and notice with me in verse 4. This is the, the, the actual story that Jesus was referencing. 
It says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. How many know whenever your soul gets discouraged, it's time to stop speaking? Yeah, yeah. unless you're going to feed your words, your mouth, you know, positive words. But we're very tempted when we're discouraged to complain and to gripe and to say negative things against other people. That's not wise. He said, they said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. When you start calling the, the spectacular provision of God worthless bread, you know there's an internal issue, all right? Uh, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we, we bad. <laughs> they said, we have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, it's interesting here, they prayed to, he prayed to the Lord for the people and the Lord did not respond by saying, serpents, get. Ever snake bites, be healed. The Lord told them something to do. Consider that might be on the table with you too. You're asking the Lord. You're seeking God for help in your life. Consider the answer might not be everything go away, but he might give you something to do, and in the doing, the obedience of his word, that's what brings your victory. So always listen. Come on now. He speaks to you just like he does to me, just like he does to all believers. He speaks to you. Okay, and so he said, take the serpents from us. So Moses prayed. Let me get back to where I was. The Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and it shall be that whoever is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Interesting how the Lord did this. Got a snake bite. You're in the process of dying because it's a very poisonous snake, right? But if you look at the serpent on the pole, you get your healing and you live, right? So, so who decided, by the way, who decided who lives and who dies? Who decided who gets healed and doesn't get healed? Notice it wasn't the Lord. The Lord gave the answer and he said, now if you will do this, if you will look at the serpent, then you get your healing. Isn't it sad how the Lord healed some of those, uh, those, those folks, but some of them he just let die? Ah, you had to come to modern day church to learn that funky doctrine. <laughs> you did. The, it wasn't up to the Lord. He gave the answer, and they had to literally do what he said to get their healing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Still that way today, by the way. The Lord's not deciding who to heal and who not to heal. That's a whole other message. I'll get to that another time. Look at this verse again. Whoever looked at him. Was it a quick look? Was it just a passing glance? Got snake bit. Ow! But if I, poof, look at the serpent on the pole. Boom, got it. Then I'm, then I'm healed? Actually, that's not how it worked. 
Let me break this word down for you a little more from the Amplified Bible. Again, 29, 21.9, the last part. When he looked to the serpent of bronze attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. So it wasn't just a casual glance they had to give to the serpent on the pole. They had to stare at it. They had to be absorbed in it. That's when it worked for them. Have you ever become absorbed in something? Maybe you were reading a book, reading a novel, and it so captivated you, the time just flew by. It so, you were, got, became so engrossed in it that people talked to you and you never heard them. And later they came back to you and said, hey, I asked you to do this. Hey, I said this. And you think, what? You were so, you know, captivated by it. Or maybe uh, wives, maybe your husband was watching the football game. And he became so absorbed in that game that all the things you talked to him about, he had no clue of later. Right? Even denying the fact that you said it. Not that I would do that. Talking other people. <laughs> but we know what it means, what it's like to be absorbed in something, to fix our focus on something so much that the stuff around fades. We've all had that happen to us at different times. This is a key to victory in God. If you can become that way in Him, you will get the object of your focus. C consider what they were dealing with here, okay? Snake, snakes running through the camp, okay? What does that look like? People are, many people died. So snakes bit a whole bunch of people. I don't know about you, but, you know, I don't live in fear. But I'm not hanging around the snake either. <laughs> I'm getting out of there. And if a snake comes through my house, I'm jumping like everybody else, saying, what in the world? Uh, and these things were poisonous, not like the little snake that my cat brought in years ago, put in the garage. Here's a gift. <laughs> How do people know that cats are doing that as a gift? You know, they say that they're bringing you something. Uh, anyway. <laughs> did you see, did you find out, hear, hear about that study of cats? They said, cats can't pass on the coronavirus, but they would if they could. <laughs> anyway, get the image of what's happening here. This is quite chaotic. People are screaming. People are dying. You've already lost some loved ones. Others are in pain. They're weak. They're falling out. They're, they're dying as a result of these, this, these snake bites. So for them to be instructed to fix their gaze on this serpent on the pole is going to take some real effort. It's not just get a passing glance. You have to look at it and stare at that thing until it affects your physical body. And there is great temptation to look everywhere, to look this way and that way and to focus on your pain and your problem and to think about the screaming and all the chaos. It takes work to do this. It takes mental discipline. They had to look. Likewise, it is for us today. And we deal with 24-hour news, and we deal with internet stuff and our phones. We deal with 
pain in our own body or some other type of bondage that we're dealing with, it takes real effort to get your mind off of it. And to say, I'm not going to think about the problem. I'm going to see Jesus on the cross and only him and nothing else. Okay, watch. We fall into the trap sometimes of giving the Lord a glance, a brief look. We pray a good prayer of faith. We get our eyes on the Lord. And then the rest of the week, we go back to looking at, talking about, and thinking about the problem. That's not how this works. That's not going to solve the problem. Focusing on Jesus for a few minutes each week and the problem the rest will not heal you. What do you have to ignore to be healed? What do you have to ignore in your life or your surroundings to get a prayer answered, to get victory over a problem? I tell you, there is something. There is something you're going to have to shut out. You're going to have to get out of your mentality so you can fix your gaze continually, expectantly, until what you are looking at, which is Jesus on the cross, manifests healing in your body or whatever kind of uh, other uh, situation you're looking to get victory over. Amen. Now, this is interesting what Jesus said. Let me read it to you again from John. John 3, 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So life comes to the person who believes in Jesus. I think most of us can see that. You believe in Jesus, put your faith in Jesus, life comes into you. Someone might look at that and say, if you are skeptical of some of what I'm teaching here regarding the physical blessings of the Lord, you might say, well, in the Old Testament, they got healing when they looked at the serpent on the pole, but in the New Testament, you get salvation. You might just say the invisible qualities of forgiveness of sin and, and God's love and so forth. They got the physical blessings. We get the spiritual blessings, one might say. Because Jesus didn't mention healing, but he did. But he did mention healing. He doesn't have to spell it H-E-A-L-E-D every time to include it in his conversation. When Jesus said, you believe in him, you will have eternal life. He spelled healing and forgiveness and redemption and victory and freedom and, and deliverance. He spelled it L-I-F-E. Really, he didn't speak English. <laughs> and our Bibles were originally written in Greek. The word there is zoe, Z-O-E. And it is not the length of life, but it is the quality of life. It's God kind of life. Okay, God is not sitting on the throne with a snake bite. In pain, the God quality of life is not just eternal in that sense. It is present and it is a quality of living. Jesus absolutely used this illustration uh, not to confuse us about physical stuff versus spiritual stuff, but saying it's basically all the same and it all works the same way. 
So healing is a part. And, and by the way, eternal life, how many know that's not something you get when you die? When I die, I get eternal life if I've accepted the Savior. Eternal, eternal life is a quality, it's an essence of, of, of something that you receive immediately when Jesus becomes your Lord. When you pray and receive the Lord, you get eternal life in you right here and right now. That's 1 John chapter 5 actually tells us that if you want to study it out yourself. But you receive eternal life here. Praise God. Amen. And so if we were to look at the two passages together, how did Jesus define believing? How can I say it better? Jesus defined believing in him using that illustration. What did believing look like in the Old Testament? In that passage in Numbers, it looked like attentively, expectantly, looking with an absorbing gaze. That's what faith looked like in action. Jesus called it believing. Say, I'm just working. I want to trust God. I need to be strong in faith. Here's how you can do it. If you will keep your mind, your eyes, your heart fixed on him with an expectation that as you look at him, Jesus on the cross, dying for your everything, that what he did is present tense coming out of that into your life right here. That's faith. That's believing in Jesus. Everybody okay? And so this is how he illustrated faith here. Who gets healed? Well, real easy. Those who fix their focus, their gaze on Jesus. Those who focus on the Lord. Those who go to the mountain. When you've got other things to do, go focus on the Lord. And if you'll take time to do that, you'll get what you focus on, if it's real. So it's based on this, based on the word, based on the reality of, of, of the scripture. But if you'll look at that, you get it. Amen. Jesus said another thing in John 8, 31. He said, uh, the scripture says, then Jesus said to those Jews who, which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. If you do what? What's the, not glance at his word, not give it a good wink and a nod, just a... A hearty hello. But if you continue in it, you become his disciple. If you continue in your focus, you get what you are focused on. Amen. A uh, number of years ago, I was, Amy and I were at my son's basketball game when he was in high school. And it was out in a small town not far from here. And it was a tournament, like weekend kind of thing. And so we're watching the game and we're, sitting way at the top of the bleachers because then you can lean against the wall. And, uh, and there was, it wasn't packed or anything, but there was a, a lady and her family sitting over just a little ways from me, close enough to talk to, but not right there. Amy was over here. It's halftime. And this lady starts talking to me. And so I'm having a conversation with her. And what seemed to me as out of the blue, she starts talking to me about her her disease. She had Lyme disease. She started talking about that. I wasn't, you know, super familiar with it, but come to find out, she's in constant pain. Very, sounds like a very horrible thing for someone to have. And she's talking about this, and so, I, and, and in the conversation, I find out she is a Christian. Uh, so I start talking to her about healing. 
And what I started talking to her about was the serpent on the pole. And, and I started inquiring of her, do you know about this? Have you heard this story? And she hadn't. She wasn't familiar with this account that we read here today. And so I just started talking about it and say, that's Jesus on the cross. And if they, and they, they, were, if they fixed their gaze on him, and they got healed. And, and so I talked about God healing in, in her life. And I said, and you can be healed of this condition too. And she was, you know, positive towards that, meaning I could tell she thought, yeah, that would be great. Or that's a cool possibility. Or I know God can do it, that kind of, that kind of faith. But, and so I interrupted that line of thinking. I said, I said, no, I'm talking about you being healed before you leave the gym today. You have to bring it into the now where people never get it. You can just push it off into some unknown uh, future event that'll never happen. I said, I'm talking about him doing this in you right here, right now. And so we talked about that, and that, that kind of tweaked her faith a little bit, talking to her about this, getting your eyes on, on the Lord. In the middle of it, she speaks up and says, as you are talking to me, the pain is leaving my body going out through my legs. That's how she described it. She said, it's going out of me through my legs. Like, praise God. Isn't that wonderful? She got healed of Lyme disease. Because it was a tournament, we were there a couple days later as we were coming in. No plan this, but no plan for this, but she was coming out. Her game of her child had, her son had ended, I guess, and we were coming in. So I see her and, hey, how's it going? And we're happy to uh, renew our acquaintance there. But she's bright and cheerful. She starts telling me, I worked in the garden and I drove the car. And all these things she could not do with that disease. She could be out. Obviously, she was at a game, but she was in so much pain. She couldn't do so many things. And she's all lit up and excited. And uh, in the process of our short conversation with there, there, she said something to me about continuing to pray for her. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, I said, first of all, did you notice we never did pray? She said, I know, I don't get that. <laughs> I said, listen, you don't think of yourself. She already had the physical, tangible healing in her body. I had to deal with her mind or she would have gone back. She started thinking of herself as being a, a diseased person. I said, Justin, you are free. All we did is look at what is, the reality of who God is and what Jesus did for you. And when we looked together, boom, you, you had a connection, and that problem went away. Amen. It, it, was, it was pretty cool. And uh, how you can just think about the Lord like that, and that happens. When God dealt, dealt with Abraham, remember Abraham and, his, and Sarah were super old, and he was given a promise to be the father of many nations? If you read over in Romans 4, it says he considered not his own body. He did not even consider his own body. What do we have to not consider to receive a miracle from him? You consider the Lord. I consider Jesus. I consider him on the cross in my place and what he did for me. And by the very action of my intentional expectation, expectant focus, I intersect God's loving, gracious, mighty power that influences me for the better. Hallelujah. Can I ask you a question real quick? I'm just curious because it happened last service and it happens sometimes when I teach this way and it happened in the gym that day. But I wonder, 
Are there people here today that since you've been in here and you've been listening to this, you've been putting your mind on the Lord, something left you? If you were to put your mind on it right now and say, oh, wow, that pain I had, that problem, it left me while we, I wasn't even thinking about it, and it left me while I was focused on the Lord. Amen. If, is there anybody like, lift, lift your hand if that, happened, if that happened to you in this service today. It happened here, 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 here. Three more back there. Good. I didn't look over here. Did I look over here? You guys are still in trouble. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I didn't know. I was just, I'm just inquiring. I wasn't a word of knowledge. I just thought, I know how this works, so it's very likely God started working in here while we're talking about it. Amen. Isn't that cool? Uh, a few months ago, I think it was about February, um, it was a Saturday, and late afternoon, I'm trying to remember the exact time, but in the evening, all of a sudden, I am getting attacked, if you will, but I all of a sudden have symptoms of, I can't breathe, and my nose is snotting, and, and this stuff, and sorry for using the word snot in church. Uh, anyway, not only is it uncomfortable, and I don't want it at any time, but this is Saturday night. And, I, and you know, I've never missed a ministry appointment in 30 years. And, and I'm thinking, ah, uh, no. I'm not, I'm not standing up there. <laughs> you know, tomorrow, the, the next morning, and battling that while I'm preaching. And, and so I, I'm just annoyed a little bit. And thinking, absolutely not. So I thought, what am I going to do here? I got, and, and here's what I did. Fits right along with what I'm talking to you about. I got focused. And literally, I took probably an hour. Instead of praying for the service like I normally would be doing at that time, I was dealing with the delivery boy. <laughs> and I just walked around in my office. And I said, Father, I worship you. I thank you. You're the healer, but I'm not praising you because I'm trying to get you to do something because I know you already have. I'm praising you because it's helping me to stay focused on what is. So I, ga I gave that up front, told him what I was doing since he didn't know. <laughs> but I just told him, I said, I'm working on me to stay focused, so I'm just going to spend time worshiping you. I worship you, and I get my mind on him. And, it, and I knew, I, I just, I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm staying here until I get, till I know inwardly I'm good to go so I can go to bed. And I did, and I spent the time getting focused, went to bed. Next morning, I'm like 90% better, and I come in preach. No one would have known. I don't remember how long it took for the rest to just kind of go back to 100%, but I was able to do what I was called to do. It was all about focus. I've experienced healing in my body on multiple occasions, and that was the method I used, just getting focused on him. You call that faith? It is faith but I got focused on him. Amen. A few years ago, we had a service in here on a Wednesday night. We had a, a guest, uh, David Edwards, and he ministered. He finished. I came up to close out the service and finish. I had a prophecy. The one thing I remember about, about the prophecy was there was a phrase, lift up your eyes. Okay, so we did that, did that end of the service, I'm standing over here, Pastor Dave and I are standing over here, and a guy comes up to us, starts, I don't remember what he was saying, discussing, 
some kind of problem he was having in his life, looking for an answer. And I had already forgot about it, and it came out of my mouth. But he said to him, well, you just got your answer. Lift up your eyes. In other words, look to the Lord. Get your eyes off the problem, onto the answer. That was in the prophecy, and I didn't even think of it. (laughs) He said that to him. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) that is what the Lord said. And while that's happening, having this conversation, as soon as he lifts up his eyes, my assumption is that is exactly what was happening while we're talking, I get in my, in my ear like a ringing, bing. I'm like, what's this? As soon as they stopped talking, I said, do you have a, like a ringing in your ear? And he said, no, but I can't hear out of it. He said, I used to have a ringing, and now I can't hear. His ear went deaf. And I said, oh, well, let me just put my hands on you, and that'll come back. Put my hands on him, and his hearing was instantly restored right here. How did that happen? I'll tell you how he got it and why I got the word of knowledge for him is because he put his mind on the Lord. He got his mind off of the circumstance, the problem that he was discussing, and the answer was, lift your, your eyes up. And right then, God moved. Man, isn't that co- such a coincidence? God just happened to move exactly at the same time he got his mind on the Lord. I just happened to get my healing the same time I was walking around saying, you're putting my mind on him. Jesus walked on the water and delivered the madman of Gadara just right after he got time spending hours in focus with his father. These things aren't coincidental. This is how it works. This is why if we can learn to do this, we access all the riches of heaven, all the glories of the Father, all the promises of God come into our experience when we look long enough and be focused. Amen. Hallelujah. God's working in here. He's working in here right now. I want us to just take a moment and, and, uh, and, get, and get still for a moment, and set your mind on him, how he's with you. I may teach this next week. Let's do it for a moment right here. Father, thank you for working in every life. You are here. You are present. You are with us today. You're with us. You're for us. Your very presence your glory, your peace, your power. All that you are surrounds us today. We are not alone. We are not without help, but you are here in our lives. We see Jesus on the cross dying for us and Jesus resurrected, seated at your right hand. We put our minds on you. Thank you that as we look to you, your mighty power and grace flow into our lives hallelujah we receive of you we thank you for what you've already done and we enter into the experience of it today we give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise thank you for working in our lives now set our hearts and minds on you Thank you for your word, your promises are true. We thank you, Lord. Praise your name.
death you've given us life instead we look to you we put our trust in you look to you Lord now begin to see yourself as having what you, you need the Lord to do for you as having that answer, as having that strong relationship, as having the marriage that you desire, as having the, the health, the ability in your physical body to do what you want. See yourself as having what the Lord has given you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're working in us today. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge your power. We give you all the glory for every good thing. And thank you that it is so. All the praise, all the glory, and all the honor to you. Father, I thank you that your, your Holy Spirit now, the power, of, the power of God goes out and manifests in bodies and minds. Thank you, Lord, that answers come and victories are won today as we look to you as our help, as our answer. You're the source of every good thing. And right there, we engage with you. And your work happens in our lives. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, the Lord is good.